We have seen over the past few Mishnayas that if a woman comes to Beistin claiming that her husband has died, or if any single, even female witness comes to Beistin claiming that a man died, and so his wife should be able to remarry another man now, they are believed because of Takonas Agunais. In order that she be able to remarry again and not be stuck for the rest of her life, we believe even a single witness who is generally invalid. However, the Mishnah did list five women who due to their negative relationship with this particular woman would not be believed if they claim that her husband has died. And one of those women is Hatsara, a woman married to the same man. If she claims that the husband died, it also happens to be her husband, then his other wife is still forbidden to remarry. However, at the same time, the woman who came and said that he has died, for herself she is believed, because one can come to Basin and claim that her own husband has died. However, that testimony is only valid for her, and it will not allow the other wife to remarry, because the testimony of one's tsara is not believed when it comes to her own status. So the mission now explains that in more detail. If a woman goes with her husband abroad, and then when she returns, she comes to Basin and says, my husband has died. Says the Mishnah, she may remarry and she can take her kasuba, as we discussed earlier on in the Perek. However, the Tsarosa Asura, her Tsara, another woman who's married to the same man, is still forbidden to remarry. It could be that the woman who came and told Bastin that the husband is dead, she'll wait around and she'll let her Tsara remarry in order to mess her up. And when the husband comes back, she'll have to be divorced. And therefore, the halacha is that the Tsara will not be able to remarry. And once we say that, so she is now believed for herself, for herself to be able to remarry, because since the testimony will not allow the Tsara to remarry, by saying that her husband died, she won't be able to mess up her Tsara. So now we assume that if she is saying that her husband died, it is indeed true, and she herself may remarry. But again, the Tsara may still not remarry, because otherwise there would be a motivation for the other woman to lie in order to mess up her Tsara. Now, so much so do we not believe her testimony regarding the Tsara. Concerning the Tsara, the testimony of the other wife is totally irrelevant. So much so that if she was a Basisral who was married to, the, to a Koyen, the husband who we're talking about was a Koyen, then she may continue eating Truma, relying on the fact that her husband is still alive. The Rabbi Tarifan, that is the opinion of Rabbi Tarifan. Rabbi Akiva says, This is not the way that we take her out of the chance of violating an Avera. Unless we say that she is forbidden to remarry, and she is also forbidden to eat truma. Rabbi Akiva's logic is that since in general, we do believe even one witness to allow a woman to remarry, just that when it comes to the Tsara, we have a suspicion that since in general many Tsaras have bad relationships with each other, she's possibly lying, but she's also possibly not lying, and we have to take that side into account as well. And therefore we rule stringently on both sides. She has the stringencies of being married to him and of not being married to him. Mishnah Dalad, on a similar note, the Mishnah is going to bring three similar machlitzes between Rebili Akiva and Ritarifan. Omra, if a woman said in Basin, Mis Bali, my husband died, and then my father-in-law died. Now, one of the women who we mentioned is not believed to say that a woman's husband died is that woman's mother-in-law. And it goes both ways, so it would be the daughter-in-law as well. 
So in this case, the daughter-in-law said that her father-in-law died, which would allow her mother-in-law to remarry. So as we learned, the mother-in-law is still forbidden to remarry. And even in this case, where part of her testimony says that she is no longer her daughter-in-law, because she's saying that my husband died. If her husband died, then she's no longer the daughter-in-law of her mother-in-law. However, just like we saw in the previous Mishnah, there is still a concern that she is lying about herself in order to cause trouble for the other woman, for her mother-in-law in this case. So the Mishnah says that she herself, she can remarry and take her kasuba because we do believe her concerning herself that her own husband died and that she is now allowed to remarry. However, her mother-in-law remains forbidden to remarry. And if the mother-in-law was a basisral married to a koyen, she may continue eating truma. That is the opinion of a retirefan. Because according to a retirefan, concerning the mother-in-law, the testimony of the daughter-in-law is totally irrelevant. We don't believe her testimony at all concerning the mother-in-law. However, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says at the end of the day, there's still a possibility that the testimony is true, and she's not lying in order to cause trouble for her mother-in-law. This is not the way to take her out of possibly violating an Avera. Unless the halacha is going to be that she is forbidden to remarry, and also forbidden to eat truma. Next case, Kiddush Achas Mechamish Noshim. If somebody did Kiddushin on one out of five women, Kiddushin is the first stage of marriage where you acquire the woman. And although Kiddushin is generally done by giving the woman some money or a document, the mission at the beginning of Kiddushin tells us that at least with the Oraisa, one is also able to do Kiddushin on a woman by having relations with her. However, because this is quite inappropriate, or it can lead to other inappropriate things, Midrabonon, it is forbidden to do Kiddushin on a woman via having relations with her. But we are discussing somebody who violated that prohibition Midrabonon, and he did Kiddushin on a particular woman by having relations with her, but he's not sure which woman he did it on. The end of the is a Kiddush, he's not sure which woman he did Kiddushin with. And Kol Kiddush. Each one of those five women says that he did Kiddushin with me. The reason why they would want to say that is because he would need to give them a kasuba, the kasuba money, if he dies or divorces her. And now that he's not sure which out of the five women he did kedushin with, he would need to divorce them. Unless he's going to do kedushin on all five of them again, such that all of them will be his wives. But if he does not want to do that, then he'll need to divorce all of them. He'll need to divorce all of them. But now he owes a kasuba. He owes the kasuba money to one of them, but he's not sure which one of them was the real wife. Which literally means he should place the kasuba money between them, in front of them, and leave. But of course that does not mean that they should now have a fight over who can grab it first. Rather he needs to place that money in base then, and once one of the five women are able to bring a proof that it is her, that she was the wife, then she can collect that money from base then. It is the opinion of Rabbi Tarifan. However, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva says, at the end of the day, he is obligated to give his wife the kasuba money. And if she can't bring a proof, then he would not have fulfilled his obligation. Now, in general, that's not enough of a reason to force him to give a kasuba to each woman out of doubt. However, since in this case, he anyway violated a prohibition with Jabonon when doing Kedushin, because of that, we do punish him in this case. And so Rabbi Akiva says, This is not the way to make sure that he is not doing an Avera. Actually, eating get or subach or achas
unless he gives, meaning he has to give a get and a kasuba, meaning he has to give the kasuba money l'chol achas v'achas to every one of those five women. And again, as we explained, this is specifically in a case where there is a reason to punish him, and in this case, that's because he did kedushin via having relations. All right, another similar case, if somebody stole something from somebody, from one of five people, but he's not sure which of those five people he stole from. The Enidem is a gazal, he's not sure from who he stole, and each one of them claims that he stole from him. He should place the stolen object between them and then he can leave, which as we explained means that he should place it in Bastin, and once that one of them is able to prove that he was the one who owned that item, then he can collect it from Bastin. The Rabbi Tarifan, that is the opinion of Rabbi Tarifan. However, Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Akiva says, This is not the way of taking him out of the chance of violating an Avera, of not returning the stolen object. Rather, he has to make sure that he definitely does return the stolen object to its original owner. So, he must pay back the stolen object, or the value of the stolen item, to each one of those five men. And again, because there is a reason to punish him, since anyway he did violate the Avera of stealing, so we are strict on him according to Rabbi Akiva, and out of doubt he must pay back all five men. The concept of chazaka means that we assume that the status of a person or an item remains the same as it has been until now, unless there is evidence to prove otherwise. And because of that, if a woman goes with her husband abroad, and their child goes with them, so they already have a child when they leave, which means that if the father would die now, if the husband would die now, then there would be no obligation of yibum because they already have children. Which means that the chazaka, the presumed status of that woman, is that she is not a Yavama. Uvava Amra, and she comes to Bastin and says, Meis Bali, my husband died, and after that, my son died. So that means that at the time of death, the son was still alive, and therefore there is no obligation of Yibum, just like her chazaka would state. Says the Mishnah Menes, she is believed, she's always believed to say that her husband has died, so she can remarry, and there is no obligation of Yibum or Chalitza, because that's what she claims, and that is what her chazaka was. However, if she claims that Meis Beniv, Achakach Meis Bali, my son died, and then my husband died, that means that at the time of my husband's death, he was childless, which means that I am now Shemeris Yavam. Says the Mishnah, Enunah Menes, she is not believed, and therefore she may not perform Yibum with her husband's brother, because her claim goes against her Chazaka. Her Chazaka says that there is no obligation of Yibum, which means that she is forbidden to marry her husband's brother. However, says the Mishnah, we do, we are concerned about what she is saying, and therefore, she does do Chalitza, just not Yibum even though we don't believe her, and so technically she should be able to marry somebody else without receiving Chalitza, there is a concept which we have mentioned once before, which is Shavya Nafsho Chaticha De Sura. She has literally made herself into somebody who is forbidden. Meaning, she is the one coming to Bastin, and she is saying that it is forbidden for her to do something. So even if the Chazaka says otherwise, and therefore we do not believe her, since she came to Bastin with that claim, that claim is strong enough to forbid her to do that thing. So since, according to her claim, she is forbidden to marry somebody else before receiving Yibam or Chalitza from this man, she indeed does require Chalitza before marrying somebody else. Misha Tess, what happens if she went away with her husband, and when they went away, they were childless? 
So she went away with a chazaka that she would require yibum if her husband dies. And then she comes back to base then, after being away for a while, she comes back alone and she says, sayam, A son was given to me abroad, meaning I gave birth whilst we were away. And then she said, My son died, and then my husband died. So according to her claim, at the time of the husband's death, she was childless, and the man did not have any children, so she is indeed a Yavama, and that fits with her Chazaka, and so Ne'emenes she is believed, and she could do Yibum with her husband's brother. However, if she says, My husband died, and then my child died, so according to her, at the time of her husband's death, she did have a child, which means that there is no obligation of Yibum, and she's permitted to marry somebody else without receiving Yibam or Chalitza from the Yavam. However, her Chazaka says that she is a Shemeris Yavam, so in an Emenis she is not believed. However, because according to her claim she is forbidden to marry the Yavam, Shavya Anafsha Chaticha de Isura, her claim is good enough to forbid herself, and Vachoshim and Vareha, we are concerned about her own words, which according to her claim she is forbidden to marry the Yavam, so Vacholetzes Vlemis Abemes, she must do Chalitza and not Yibam, and then she may marry somebody else.